This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents the H-Town Hoops Rockets Draft Show. Here's Brandon Scott and Adam Spolane. I mean, it means a ton. I mean, I'm just blessed and fortunate to be in the situation. Just being able to hoop at such a high level and just, just accomplish such an amazing goal of mine. Yeah, so that is Jairus Walker right there being selected. Selected in, by the Wizards, and he's going to be traded to the Pacers. Selected by the Wizards, going to be traded to the Pacers. Obviously, U of H's own Jairus Walker. And look, man, I, I my comp with Jairus Walker, I'm glad, I'm glad for him. I'm glad for U of H. It is a testament to the program and the way that Kelvin Sampson has just changed the entire outlook and the direction of it. And we've seen that over the last, call it six, seven, eight years, or so, however long it's been, but especially these last few years. And it kind of culminates in this moment. I look at Jairus Walker. I know there are some people that, you know, thought that that could be a good fit for the Rockets, too. I see his ceiling and his game kind of being a lot similar to a Robert Williams type, a defensive menace with some athleticism, uh, crafty around the basket, good hands and all of that kind of thing. What about you? What are you seeing from Jairus Walker and how he might fit in with his new team? And sort of what you were hearing about him. It's just a really good defender. A yeah. really good defender. I don't think he's ever going to light up the stat sheet. You're never going to look at him and say, oh, wow, he scored 30 points tonight. But you don't necessarily need him to be able to score 30 points uh, in a given night. But he's going to do a lot of the dirty work. He's going to do a lot of the things that you need from winning players. He's a winning type player. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of, you know, there's some Kavon Looney in there. There is, you he's know, like skilled. I mentioned from. He's more skilled and more explosive than Kavon Looney. But I, I asked Kelvin Sampson this um, back on Monday. I said, the team that drafts Jairus Walker, what is that team going to be getting? You know, Jairus is not an alpha. Uh, he's, he's not an all-star anytime soon, but he's a great piece. There's some, there's some players that can only help a bad team because they're volume shooters. And there's some some players that can help a really good team. You know, Jarris averaged 11 points and I think seven rebounds, six and a half rebounds, something. I think he'll average that no matter where he is, whether it's in college or the NBA. He's not a 20-point guy. He's not a double-double guy. He's going he's going to lead them in uh, hockey assists. He's going to be a matchup problem off the bounce if they play. Uh, he can be a small ball five. He can be a traditional uh, four, but he also can be a big three. So I, I think the um, the world's his oyster right now. I think that that's a that's a really good way to put it. It's a very safe pick for what will wind up being Indiana. He's not going to be the best player on a championship team. He's probably not going to be the second best player on a championship team, but he can very easily be a a very important contributor. Very similar to what we just saw with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon wasn't the best player on Denver, but he was a valuable valuable cog to what that team did. And you know. Everybody wants to be an all-star. Everybody wants to be a superstar. Not everybody can be that. 
So and you can't always, you're not necessarily going to get players like that once you get down to the seventh pick in the draft, the eighth pick in the draft. You're just looking for guys who are really going to help you, and that's what Jarris Walker does. Um, let's see, just to get you caught up, uh, so Jarris Walker goes eight. The ninth pick is Taylor Hendricks. Hendricks going to Utah out of Central Florida. I liked Hendricks. Um, this was a, this was one of the first guys that I looked at with the Rockets picking at four just because his skill set kind of fit into what the Rockets needed. He's a shooter. He's versatile. He's six foot nine, six foot ten, can play a lot of different positions. Um, he just he, he kind of reminds you a little bit of Jabari Smith. Yeah. With the skill set, he's not he can't do a lot with the basketball right now. I don't necessarily think that Central Florida used him correctly. They had him mostly guarding, you know, bigs in the like when when they played U of H, um, he was guarding Jarris Walker. To me, he's probably better in the perimeter and he can be a switchable guy who can defend the rim a little bit. How surprised are you that we are? How many picks are we into this now? We, this is we Dallas is on the clock at 10. So Dallas is on the clock at 10. And Cam Whitmore, a guy out of, that I really like, the one out of Villanova, has still not gone yet. We've had a couple of surprise picks at this point. And Cam Whitmore, in case you guys didn't know, is someone who a lot of people even had, I won't say a lot of people, but some evaluators, draft gurus and whatnot, had as possibly the third best prospect in this draft after, say, Victor Wimbanyama and Scoot Henderson. Like there were There were people that were comparing him credibly comparing him to Brandon Miller. And now we look here and Dallas is on the clock at 10 and he hasn't gone. What do you make of that, of him being sort of that high ceiling guy or having that kind of talent, but hasn't been picked yet? Sorry, say that again. Cause there's a, we got, we're going to have a trade here at 10. Oh, so, so, so do you want to, I'm going to give you this trade and, oh. then, and then I'm going to ask, have you asked that question again? All right. Let's sorry. Do it. No, uh, that's good. That is good. Breaking news right here on the, on the draft special. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Dallas is trading Davis Bertans and the 10th pick to Oklahoma city. So it sounds like Dallas is salary dumping the 10th pick in the draft, which huh. if you're Oklahoma city, that's quite the hull to just have to take on a salary in, uh, in Davis Bertans. Okay. Or, never mind. Okay. Well, I was oh, going to say that didn't make sense because I thought they tanked at the end of the year just to get this pick. Uh, they are so confused. Dallas is moving back two spots. Here's the trade. Uh, Dallas is, is moving back two spots and trading um, Davis Bertans to Oklahoma City. So Oklahoma City will wind up picking 10. Dallas will pick 12. So basically Oklahoma City spends about $20 million to move up two spots. And they're going to take, um, well, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So are we behind? It looks like, and I, I think I've seen that too. They're going to take Cason Wallace. So Dallas So Dallas is going to pick Cason Wallace for On Oklahoma behalf City. of Oklahoma City, yes. okay. So, so like I said, Oklahoma City is basically spending $20 million to move up two spots in this draft to take Cason Wallace. Yeah, I... I mean, I understand salary dumping Dallas Bertans. That that part of it makes sense to me. But you know, I I figured that Dallas wanted to be, uh, wanted to be in this position. They clearly don't. They're clearly not in love with a player that much to or, feel like they've got to pick 
you know, I, 10 and, and not pick at 12. Like, maybe they feel like they can get the same caliber player. Yeah, I, I think 12. that's all it is. And you get yeah. off that contract. Yeah. And, and Dallas, that, that is a team, Dallas is a team that's going to want to make some moves in free agency. Uh, obviously, Kyrie Irving for them is a free agent. I think they'd probably like to add a couple guys. Yeah. Uh, and so now this will give them a little bit more flexibility by getting off the Bertons contract. So yeah. this so this makes it, the fact that they that they only have to move back two spots to get off the Bertons contract. I think that's well worth it for them. Yeah. And they can still get like I was just mentioning right before you mentioned the trade. They can still get a Cam Whitmore if they're yes. interested in a player like that or a Grady Dick, who is somebody that you and I have been interested in. If you know if you're picking somewhere in the middle of the first round, or if you want to get frisky a little bit and and, and pick them within the top ten because you like them that much, that's certainly something that you can do. But Grady Dick, Kaysom Wallace, uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino, like these are some of the names that that Jay Billis has up there as the best available. And Dallas is saying, Nah, we'd rather get rid of this contract and still get a similar caliber player at twelve as opposed to having to pick them at ten and keep. And hold on to this money. Yeah, this is where the draft falls off a little bit because obviously the the you had the number one tier, then you had two and three, then four through nine was kind of the next tier. So now this is the fourth tier of guys at this point, and this is where the things in the first round really become interchangeable. Yeah. So let let's switch gears back to the Rockets because I'm not I'm not really as interested in what's going on with the draft at this point until we figure out what goes down with the Rockets at number twenty overall, whether they make that pick or where or whether they. Uh, end up trading it so we can circle back to the draft once we figure out what's going on exactly with the Rockets but 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 for now let's just I would say reintroduce the audience to what is now the Rockets core players after this moment here okay and and we were trying to get to that in the beginning of the show of the significance of this moment not just for the lead with Victor Wimbenyama officially being introduced and welcomed to the San Antonio Spurs. I know the Rockets got to hate that. Rockets fans got to hate that. But from a Houston standpoint, what does your core set of players look like? You hit on the seven players earlier that you mentioned. You can repeat them, but now you can add to that, of course, Amon Thompson as well. So the guys that you're really looking at right now, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, K.J. Martin, though, there's an asterisk there because K.J. Martin's a free K.J. Martin could be a free agent in a week, yeah. depending on what the Rockets decide to do with, with his options. I so, would not include him in the core right now okay, because, so, because of that asterisk. So we'll skip him there. Yeah. Um, Jabari Smith, Alperin Shingun, Tari Eason, Jay Sean Tate. And then you have, a, you have like four or five guys that are kind of on the outside. They're on the roster. They were first-round picks recently. But you look at um, Josh Christopher, uh, Usman Garuba, uh, Ty Ty Washington. Uh, then you can even even go out a little bit further with Dacian Nix. You know, there's a couple other guys that have been around the organization a little bit. I don't consider them the core. Yeah. To me, it's the six guys plus KJ Martin, Amen Thompson, and then you've got the sixty million dollars in cap space coming yeah. up this summer. So yeah. yeah. So my my two questions, what regardless of what happens the rest of the night, my two questions will be: Did what you did tonight? You know, the guys that you drafted tonight, does that impact anything that you do in free agency? Are you saying, no, you know what? We drafted a point guard at four, so we're not going after a point guard in free agency. Does that is that now the mentality of yours moving forward? And then what do you expect from Amon Thompson uh, day one? Yeah. And for me, the struggle is another thing that you got away in free agency. Not just that question, but what's the bigger payoff in pursuit? Is it like in free agency specifically? Is it? the point guard, like now that you've drafted one, and this is a lot of this I think is going to depend on Amon Thompson's readiness, which I obviously just cannot speak to right here in this moment. But that's an open question. And 
to your point and to your question, how does that impact your strategy in free agency? Well, is it, could it be true that if Armin Thompson is more ready, that money could be better spent on a wing or on a, a better collection of players? And then the follow-up questionnaire, uh, collection of players, non-point guard, right? The follow-up questionnaire is, are there players, wing players that are worth investing in the way that it feels like there might be at point guard, mainly James Harden and Fred Van Vliet. I know there's some conversation there on whether he's actually worth it, but you would understand if they gave him that money. I'm not sure based off of what's available out there. If there's a player like that, or or, or maybe it's just more of a collection of players, a collection of role players that you end up going for, but how roster construction looks from here is going to be really interesting. Can I throw out a trade possibility for you? Absolutely. Because the Rockets, we haven't talked about this much, but the Rockets do pick at 20. And everything you hear, the Rockets would like to either move out of 20 or move up from 20. Dallas is now sitting at 12. And we have just seen Dallas salary dump one guy. Could the Rockets, with all that cap space, could the Rockets maybe be a possibility like, hey, if you guys want to salary dump somebody else, give us 12. We'll take your bad contract and give it and give you 20. But that would really make last year look in the way that they ended last year look really silly. But is that so? Are we talking about a Tim Hardaway Jr.? Is that the contract? Tim Hardaway, uh, JaVale McGee has two years left on his contract. Uh, Maxi Kleber is good, so they won't do that. Uh, but this was kind of the benefit, though, of having 10 if you're Dallas because now it'll Dallas wasn't winning the championship last year, they weren't going to do anything in the postseason, but now having 10 they have the ability to get off some of these bad contracts and it gives them some flex, some flexibility in free agency to maybe help out that roster. And if you can, they've already got Davis Barton's owed 17 million next year. They've already gotten off of that to move back two spots. Now, I don't think that the 11 million or almost 12 million that JaVale McGee is owed over the next couple of years is worth it to move back eight spots, but you can kind of see the direction that you can go in. How about KJ Martin and the 20th pick? Uh, for JaVale McGee and 12. Yeah, and then at 12, that's a very reasonable spot to take Grady Dick, for yeah. example. And, 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 if, and there is somebody who I do think, like that, that's a different conversation of can Amon Thompson help you right away. Grady Dick and his role, which would be stand over there and shoot mm-hmm. and also be active and don't mess up the play, I think he could come in and do that right away. And Dallas, you sell that to Dallas as, okay, you're, you're getting a, a rotation piece in K.J. Martin. You know, K.J. Martin can play for a good team. I don't think there's any doubt that K.J. Martin yeah. would be able to play for a good team. And you're getting and he doesn't make anything next year. And now you're able to get off the McGee contract, which gives you even more money. Okay, Jet Howard has just gone 11 uh, to Orlando. So Orlando comes away tonight with Anthony uh, with uh, Anthony Black of Arkansas and Jet Howard from Michigan. I'm a little surprised. This is a little high, I think, for Jet Howard. I think he was maybe towards the 15 to 20 range yeah. uh, in a lot of mocks. Dude, I'm baffled by this. Between the French kid that we mentioned earlier and 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 this guy, Jet Howard, going early, and Cam Whitmore, from what I understand, still being out there on the board. I'm that that to me now is the interesting part of the draft, is just how how much of a crapshoot it is past really those top top three. And you could even say that about the two. Let's just call it the top five, since the twins were slated to be right there in the top five or right after those top three. 
what's happened after that for the most part you know it, it's gone a, a few different directions I, I would have expected Cam Whitmore to have gone to a team by now it tells me that a lot of the chatter that I was reading about some of his interviews and and maybe uh maybe some of the things that were happening behind the scenes not necessarily being all that impressive I don't know exactly what that means but it seems to be manifesting itself in him not being a top 10 pick or even a top 11 pick for that matter I'm surprised by it yeah it's hard to say there's always the one though there's always the one or two guys that fall off a little bit you know Grady Dick has fallen a little bit yeah I think there was a there was a feeling that Grady Dick might get picked in in the top 10 and you know we are through 11 and he, he hasn't been picked oh yet. But, but now we're at 12 though Adam so now so is this now is this though because you just posed the question it feels like with each pick, the further along that we get, that it, it feels like the Rockets should be all the more aggressive in trying. If it's not Grady Dick, that, like that's the idea that we have. But whatever the player is that they might be targeting, hell, Cam Whitmore is still on the board. Think about that, that I was talking about, hey, you know, who should they pick at four and how much I like Cam Whitmore. Now we're talking about the possibility they've picked Almond Thompson at four. If, if they really want to do it, could move up and get a Cam Whitmore or a Grady Dick. Like how – you, you got to figure that those guys are on the phone right now trying to be aggressive at this point. Yeah, and they do have they have things to offer. And we mentioned KJ Martin is somebody that you can offer because, you know, KJ Martin, like I said, he's a he's a really good player and he would be successful in a winning situation just because of the skill set, the way that he plays. He's a really smart player. Um and the contract also makes him very easy to trade because he's essentially making the minimum. You know, being on the uh being on a on a he was a second round pick. Um and you could, as a, you know, if you are the team that trades for him, you know, you basically have him for just the one year. Uh, and then you can you can extend him, too, uh, after after this season. Or you could extend him even uh, before next season starts. So he's very easy. So my point is he's very easy to fit into your cap because of how little he actually makes. So it, he provides whatever team he goes to, whether it's the Rockets or somebody else, a great deal of flexibility. That's why I think that he could be a valuable trade chip even though he's on the, you know, I don't necessarily like trading for guys that are in the last year of their contracts because it feels like that you have to sign them long term. Right. But for, with Martin, it's a little bit different because of just how little he makes right now. Yeah. And Martin is in one of those tweener stages of, no, he's not a star, but he's vastly outplayed what you got for him, where you picked him and what you ultimately ended up investing to get him in the first place. It makes you feel like, Hey, maybe maybe it wouldn't be a, a bad idea to invest in a guy like that. He's also kind of the line of demarcation after we're talking about some of the core players and the younger players. He, for me, is kind of the line of demarcation of guys that you are willing to invest in in the future. Obviously, you know, there's a conversation about Kevin Porter Jr., how his role is going to change and what they're going to do with him. But outside of that, of course, it's, you know, Jalen Green, Operation Goon, Jabari Smith, and, of course, Tari Eason. But then Kenya Martin Jr. also, like, K.J. Martin fits into that in some form or fashion, and it's just a difficult time to figure out where. But we're going to talk about more of that in terms of the Rockets, like, roster construction right now. What do you do with K.J. Martin? How exactly do they go about free agency? We'll have all of that and more about the NBA draft on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio 610. We need to fly some in and out out here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Radio 610 presents the H-Town Hoops Rockets Draft Show. Here's Brandon Scott and Adam Spillane. There was the impression going into this NBA draft that it was largely a three-man draft. And, and that's not great for the Rockets picking it four, but I don't know if that narrative is necessarily true. A three-man draft with a specific genera- generational talent at the very top of it. But here we are now, somewhere around the 12th pick, and quiet is kept, Adam. There is a little bit of depth to the draft, but it doesn't, at least in my mind, I didn't feel like it went very far past 12. Now what we've had is some surprises and some guys that have gone earlier than we expected, which leaves some of that depth that I was talking about. Depth probably is not the right word that I'm looking for, but I thought it was as deep as at least 12. But some of those guys have fallen out of, you know, the top 10, the top 12, or and what have you. Grady Dick and Cam, and Cam Whitmore being the names that I think of the most. What should be the strategy? Now, I want to go through a couple of things, both draft-wise here, and we're going to find out, I guess, now what Oklahoma City, let's go to that. What's Oklahoma City going to do with this 12th pick? pick? In the 2023 NBA Draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Derek Lively II from Duke University. All right, so they get a center to kind of pair with Chet Holmgren. I actually like that pick for them. Uh, I do. And, you know, Oklahoma City got, they were, they they narrowly missed the playoffs. They got to, they won one of the playing games. They couldn't win the second. that's with Chet Holmgren not playing at all. So now they they were basically playing super small the entire year. So now they should have at least a couple of centers on that roster. Not necessarily like big beefy centers, but yeah. you know, but length. Yes, very. Especially yeah. in the, in the case of Holmgren, uh, Lively can be a, a pretty good rim runner. Yeah, he's seven so, one, I believe. So so, yeah. so it, it uh, very much kind of shifts the type of team that Oklahoma City is. Uh, obviously, they you know they take on some salary in order to. Or actually, you know what? I, we screwed this up. Because remember, this pick is going to Dallas. Oh yeah, they did trade. So, oh, so so, so now so Dallas Oklahoma City gets, gets Case and Wallace, and now this is the perfect kind of uh, this is a, a good uh, pairing you're right, you're for right. Luka Doncic with the rim running center. And you know, this was kind of the uh, oh, man. Um, who's that center? That Actually, have? I can't. Powell. Remember. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, this was kind of the Dwight Powell role, where yeah. Dwight Powell was kind of that rim runner that Dallas had. Dwight Powell is he's gotten older and I think that for them Derek Lively really kind of fits that and you know he didn't put up big numbers in college or whatever he's playing for Duke you know there are other guys with that Duke team but I think that he can come in and be very successful just in the pick and roll with with Luka Doncic so uh, it sounds like that this was the guy that Dallas wanted yeah. really so so the trade makes even more sense yeah, now so, because so, you dump the salary yes, that, and, that's you, the big and thing. you still end up getting the same caliber player like we mentioned before mm-hmm. when they did the trade you and, and they get a guy the that they wanted yeah. so they they get the guy that they they wanted like you said they dump salary um they had a little bit of cap space um, when this night started because they're they're not going to bring back Christian Wood. They'll probably just renounce him and not even have to worry about the cap hold. Uh, but they clear out another $17 million. So they, they can pay Kyrie Irving, and then they can maybe look other places to try and add free agents to that roster. So it's a good day for Dallas. So we get further and further, closer to 20. And, hell, I don't know, man. I, I, I was saying before the draft and even during the show that, you know, maybe even up until this moment, I've thought, hey, there's not going to be a, 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 the caliber of player that they want that can come and contribute to the team right away at 20. 
But, I mean, who knows? I mean, right now, I, I think to ensure that you can get that guy, the Rockets brass should be very aggressive and on the phone right now doing everything they can to get, you know, to talk to Toronto or talk to New Orleans, see if they can get to 13 or 14. Now that we're looking up and we're at this point and guys like Grady Dick, Cam Whitmore, Jordan Hawkins is somebody that we've talked about. And that's maybe somebody that they could even get at 20 if they stayed there. But like ensuring that you get it's funny that Dallas was able to trade back and ensure that they still got the guy that they clearly wanted. But for where the Rockets are with this second pick at 20, it seems like it would still be wise for them to trade up to ensure that they could get a player that they wanted outside of the one that they've already picked. So let's just go through the board. Who's available? Kobe Bufkin from Michigan. Uh, really good offensive player. Can play some defense as well. Um, let's see. Cam Whitmore, who we've talked about from Villanova. Grady Dick from Kansas. Yep. Jalen hood Shafino from Indiana. Keontae George from Baylor. Uh, Bryce Sensenbaugh from Ohio State. Leonard Miller, who played in the G League. Noah Clowney from Alabama, who's been linked to the Rockets. So those are kind of the names that you're looking at right now. Yeah, I mentioned Jordan that Hawkins are earlier. Available. Jordan yep. Hawkins would be a great just the shooting alone yep. makes him a, a great fit. So there are some guys that will be available at 20 if the Rockets just want to stay there. They could always trade out of 20 altogether. They've added, you know, um Amon Thompson is the eighth first round pick that they have added to the roster in the last three years. That's a lot of first round picks. So they they might not want to add a ninth. They might just kick this down the road. And go and take it in another season. And one of you know, we talked about you saw the trade that Denver made during the finals where they traded a very much future first round pick in order to get back into this year's draft. You know, you have a team like Milwaukee who does not have a first round pick this year. Maybe the Bucks try and and move into this draft to help supplement that roster with a cheaper piece. Um, that's a team that could be, you know, looking to make some changes. And then maybe you pick up a, a first round pick in 2029. It doesn't help you today but it does give you some ammo in the future if you don't want to have to make a ninth first-round pick in a three-year span. Am I am I crazy to think that, you know, we were talking about K.J. Martin earlier, but now, like, the further that we get into it, like, it feels like there are players now that have fallen and you're at a point where there's, a, there's probably a guy in this draft that can give you Maybe not what K.J. Martin gives you now because his, his game has developed tremendously over the three years that he's been in the NBA, so I don't want to disrespect K.J. Martin's game as it is currently, but probably gives you a higher ceiling or projects to be a better player in the long term. Somebody I think you can still get at this point. I mean, I feel like you got to be having that conversation, though, of, hey, K.J. Martin, you know, is that somebody that you in- include in a deal and say you get a – a probably higher upside version of him in a Cam Whitmore. Like you, I, I feel like that's kind of the way to look at it here. Um, the further along as we get into these picks, it's a tough decision. Yeah, because they do have cap space. You know, nobody else on the roster is is really being paid at this point. But then you look at that position, and you have Jabari Smith there, and you have Tari Eason there. Um, so do you necessarily want to invest? And you you already paid Jay Sean Tate. So do you want to have a, essentially a fourth guy for that position? To me, I don't think it matters. I don't think you can have enough of those wing-type players in today's NBA. But he's going to cost you a lot if you do want to keep him. So, you know, they have, they have options with him. They can either pick up the option for next season and he can play on the very cheap contract. They can decline that option and make him a restricted free agent this summer. Or they can just you know, play it out. You know, and it gives you some options moving forward at the deadline. Maybe he's the guy who could get traded. Toronto's picking at 13. In the 2023 NBA draft, 
the Toronto Raptors select Grady Dick from the University of Kansas. Well, good for them. Good for them. Toronto got Dick. Toronto got Dick and Houston didn't. And, and I was hoping that the Rockets would be after Dick, but they were not. Toronto went and got him. Um, I was hoping that, you know, at least that the, that the Rockets would consider this. But I think Grady Dick is somebody that was going to contribute to whatever team that he went to simply because he has the requisite size and the requisite shooting to excel in the NBA. Yeah, the, the shooting is big, and you can argue that he is the best shooter in this draft. I think he was 40% uh, at Kansas this year. Uh, he can do other things. You know, he's a, he's a, uh, he, he finds a way to get around, to be around the basketball. Uh, and I think that's what makes him uh, really impressive. He was a big-time recruit that went to Kansas. Uh, so I think this is... Look, Grady Dick is somebody we see play basketball. He, he was, like you said, a big-time recruit at Kansas. What, and I know this is an audio medium, but what the audience can't see, y'all go ahead and turn to ESPN if you can. This glittery, shiny red suit that Grady Dick's got on, what in the world? I, I don't know a lot about my man's personality, I don't know a whole lot about his background other than that. I think he's like a, a Kansas protege, like in terms of, like he was always going to go to Kansas, one of those types. Like, you know, think Sam Ellinger and, and UT type from what I understand. But that suit, like, I don't know if he's just trying to make a statement or if that's really his swag. But um, but but yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not too sure. Are you feeling that? Is that something that you think? I wouldn't. But what? Who? I'm wearing a, a gray T-shirt and some black shorts. What can I? I can't argue. I can't. I can't yeah. talk about anybody else's fashion. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know, man. Like it, it, it can it can get outrageous to a point where I don't know. You're looking at it and at it's beyond. What, what I didn't see happening, honestly, though, was Grady Dick going before Cam Whitmore. This is surprising. Maybe Cam Whitmore's not any good. Maybe what I saw and what I thought is just invalid, and I've, I'm totally wrong about what this guy is. I'm certainly glad that the Rockets didn't take him at four because it looks like, hell, he might be available at, at 20 if it keeps going the way that this is. So so don't listen to me in that regard. But uh, but but yeah, this is uh this is this is somewhat fascinating. I think Grady Dick is somebody that is going to that is going to contribute right away, should contribute right away. To, you know, to what it, they got. I, I this is kind of what we thought with jabari smith like hey he's a shooter that translates to the nba floor right away what does it it doesn't always and he's gonna get picked on defensively um he's gonna get picked on a lot defensively and teams are gonna really target him on that end of the floor so i'm very interested to see how he handles it he's you know he's tall he's six six but he's got to add some meat to the bones yeah let me ask you this about the rockets uh, to, to bring it back local real quick and, and if you didn't see it or hear it grady dick just went to the toronto raptors at 13th overall but on the Amon Thompson pick, and, and we can talk about this a little bit more after the break, but I want to get your initial thoughts on this because we haven't talked a lot about it. What it does with Kevin Porter Jr.'s role on the team, both in terms of how they play him, because we know that they've tried to do the point guard thing for the last couple of years. He did his best with it and was their best player last year, but also that's kind of a problem. I don't think he's the kind of player that should ever be your best player, uh, as talented as he is. What does the drafting of Amon Thompson and even the overall free agency strategy, if we are of the mind that they're going to pursue a point guard, what does that do to Kevin Porter Jr., both how they will use him and what his future might look like on this team? You know, I don't know yet because, like we've kind of talked about, I don't know if Amon Thompson is ready to contribute on day one. And I don't know if they want him to contribute on day one. That's kind of one of the things that we need to wait and see if it gets answered. 
But I do think that eventually you could see if Kevin Porter Jr. remains with the Rockets, you can play him off the ball because he is probably their best three point. He was he was their oh, best yeah. three no, point I, shooter. I, I last think year. that's that's fair. So yeah. and he's a he's one of the best catch and shoot guys in the entire NBA. But he doesn't take a lot of catch and shoot shots because he has the ball in his hands quite a bit. So if you could play him off the ball a little bit more, that's why I kind of like him. You know, he was a he was more of a wing before he got to the Rockets. Yeah. The Rockets basically turned him into a point guard. I think he could be very good in a role playing the three. I think he could be very good coming off the bench and just destroying second units. So there are a lot of different things that they could do with him. They have him signed long term. The contract is not bad at all. I mean, you look, and really only next year right now is guaranteed. So it's a very flexible contract. So that makes it a pretty easy contract to trade as well. Because if they trade him right now, it's the first year of, I think it was what, four years, 81. Yeah. Turns out to be the, turns out to be the contract. Plus, yeah. But only 15 of it is guaranteed. So you could, go, you could go to a team right now and say, hey, here's Kevin Porter Jr. And it's basically a one-year gamble. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, hey, you can get off that you know easily. But... They like him. They like him a yeah. lot. Like they, they have, they have put a lot of time and a lot of energy to Kevin Porter Jr. And he's gotten better each year. His teammates absolutely love him, which is important. And there's no reason for it, for them to just like everybody just says, "Hey, cut bait and get out of the Kevin Porter Jr." Yeah, like nah, why? Nah, he's nah. a quality NBA player. There is a sense that the Rockets value Kevin Porter Jr. more than any other team, which is true, does or probably. Would, but it's true, probably. But it's also true that now, after having invested this many years in him, they've got the most intel and they know mo- the most about him. Whereas most people are are just talking about what they hear or whatever Kevin Porter's Jr. Whatever Kevin Porter Jr.'s background was before he got to the Rockets, and obviously there have been some moments since he's been here, but by and large, like you mentioned, he's gotten better and he's been someone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But whatever you want to say about it, somebody that they haven't lost patience with. They paid him a somewhat of a cautionary, you know, CYA type of mm-hmm. contract, but also felt good enough about him to invest something in him, sometime in him. So I am very interested to see how how is he implemented? I think that it's been somewhat of a disservice to him to have him a little bit miscast. I think for all the credit that you can give the Rockets for investing in Kevin Porter Jr., there is some criticism on my part, a little bit, in miscasting him, not being that that wing who can be a secondary playmaker, maybe somebody who does some playmaking with your first unit, but also could do some playmaking uh, be the lead playmaker for your second unit, if not your starting small forward. And that's kind of just what the last couple of years, though, have been. It's been about, hey, let's just throw these guys into the fire and see what happens. We're not trying to win games at this point. Now that, that they are trying to win games, let's see how that changes. And we're going to have New Orleans here at 14. Adam Silver. I have another trade to announce. Ooh. As part of a deal to be finalized later, the Dallas Mavericks are trading to the Oklahoma City Thunder the draft rights to Kaysen Wallace, the 10th pick, and the Thunder are trading to the Mavericks the draft rights 
to Derek Lively II, the 12th pick. With the 14th pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Jordan Hawkins from the University of Connecticut. It's a good pick. Yeah, overall solid pick, man. Yeah. Wherever he went, he's he's somebody that's going to contribute. We got to even see him, you know, once the Final Four was here in Houston. Yeah, he, he's not a star by any by any stretch, but he can just shoot. He's a he's a terrific shooter. You know, Grady Dick is probably the best shooter in this draft. Jordan Hawkins is not far from him, uh, and he he wins games. You know, he's, he was a part of a team that won a national championship at Connecticut. So this this is a solid pick for New Orleans. Um, you know, the Pelicans have some other questions that they've got to answer, but they needed shooting. And yeah. so if they keep the guys that they have on this roster already, um, then he's a good fit to be around Zion Williamson. He's a good fit to be around uh, Brandon Ingram. Yeah, not exactly the perfect player comparison here, but think in terms of how Christian Brown was able to come in for the Denver Nuggets and contribute right away. Like, and that's not to say that the Pelicans are going to be some kind of championship contender, but Jordan Hawkins, I could see having that similar impact of being somebody that's just immediately ready to play and ready to be a part of a winning basketball team. This is Adam Lane, Brandon Scott here, H-Town Hoops Podcast has come to your radio waves to do the NBA Draft Special. We'll have more on the Rockets Rebuild and NBA Draft News on the other side on Sports Radio 610. Sports Radio 610 presents the H-Town Hoops Rockets Draft Show. Here's Brandon Scott and Adam Spillane. It is our Rockets-focused draft show, but we are covering the entire NBA draft right here on Sports Radio 610. I'm Brandon Scott here with Adam Spillane. Shout out to Chris Santiago behind the glass. And it looks like we've got a pick coming in with Atlanta. We're getting closer to, to the Rockets at 20, but here are, are the Hawks at 15. In the 2023 NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks select Kobe Bufkin from the University of Michigan. Kobe Bufkin from the University of Michigan to the Atlanta Hawks. That is, I think, the move, the move that you were thinking they were going to make anyway. I mean, and he, yeah, he was a guy who I think he, he really came off the bench for Michigan and then really came on uh, towards the end of the season and, and really turned into probably be, you know, after Hunter Dickinson, he was probably their second best guy. So, you know, it's funny. You, you look at Michigan, um, Hunter Dickinson, just an elite college basketball player. And then they had two guys taken in the first half of the first round yeah. and they couldn't even make the tournament this year. So yeah. it, it's a great night, I guess, for Michigan basketball. Not a great night for Jawan Howard as a as a college basketball coach. But yeah, know. other than getting and, a chance to do all of these interviews, and, and you now, can believe that he's going to be up there with every single one of the players. And now uh, Dickinson's gone. Talk. Dickinson transferred. So yeah, he, he basically lost his uh, his three best players. So. Um, so now we get to Utah at yeah. 16, and let's just kind of take a look at the best guys that are available uh, with the Rockets. Um, yeah, know, it's, a, it's coming up at 20. Yeah. I mean, you got you got Cam Whitmore that's still out there. Very surprisingly, you know, Keontae George is out there from Baylor. Uh, Jalen Hood, Shafino, you should know a lot about him. It'd be shocking if they drafted another point guard, though. But uh, of course, he went to Indiana, yeah. your alma mater. Um, in in Hood, Shafino is. He's uh, I think he could probably play. He could probably play a little off the ball. He he's he's a streaky shooter, but he can shoot it. But he's a good playmaker. He he can defend a little bit. He's six four with a six ten wingspan. Yeah. So you know, I I and I think the one thing that we've learned is that you can never have enough guys who can handle the basketball. 
And, and I do think that Huchifino could probably help you um, on day one. And that I, I think that, that there's some value that comes with that because I don't know if Amon Thompson can necessarily help you or at least be an effective NBA player on yeah. day one. Obviously, I don't know what's going to happen yet at 20. We're a few picks away from that. But I would say a little bit of the disappointment now for me with the Rockets still being at 20 and where we are with the picks and who's available. You're asking, you know, looking at the best players available, that run on shooters has happened now. You know, that that run on the Jordan Hawkins and Grady Dick, those are two players that if you were going to pick around where those guys got picked, I like I love the value pick of, of those guys and also what they could add immediately to what the Rockets are lacking because, look, they got a really, really talented player in Amon Thompson, and we're going to talk about this a lot over the you know the course of the offseason. And so from that regard, they got better. But the one thing that they have not added and the one thing that they have not gotten better, and we're still very early on in the process here, we haven't, you know, we haven't even gotten into the nitty-gritty of free agency, but the thing that they have not added that they desperately need, I believe, is shooting. And so, uh, you know, it, I'm very curious to see how they attack that. Um, we were under the impression, I know at least I was, that they weren't going to pick necessarily at 20, but it's getting closer and closer to that point, man. It's getting closer and closer to that point. Yeah, and there has been no trade. I don't know as I look through this, because to me, the, the two guys, if you were looking to add shooting, the two guys that you kind of put in that mold would have been Hawkins and Dick, and, and they're Dick. both gone. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. So I, I don't know if if that shooter is available for them. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm at looking around point. now, and I don't feel like it is. The one guy that I don't Price know Price Sensabaugh, about, I guess, would be is probably um, the type of guy okay, that you would Ohio put State. into the shooter mold, a 40% three-point shooter this season in the Big Ten. Uh, and he's got good size, too, six foot six. Um, so that's a guy that could play multi that could that could give you some versatility. Yeah. Um, Doesn't it feel like that's the kind of thing that they were trying to avoid, though, picking a player around there? You know, the, the, what you know, picking at 20 for who might end up being, you know, maybe the 22nd or 25th mm -hmm. best player in the draft. You know, like it's a that's the awkward part. I, I, it feels like that's the thing that the Rockets were. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Not expressly, but... But if you can, but, but if you can like help the thing you, they were trying not to do. But if he can help you on day one, I think yeah. that matters. And, yeah, for sure. And the one thing that has hurt them, um, it's been interesting how they've drafted, because they've taken the seven guys in the first round the last couple of years, and you look at who they've taken, basically all of them except for one have either been well. Let's see, you had the two guys from Europe who were nineteen. Yeah. So then so you had so you took Garuba five American and, guys in Shingun and Shingun uh, yes. was traded for, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so then they took oh, yeah. they took they drafted five Americans uh, in the first round in the last two years. Four of them were freshmen, and then the other, the fifth one, Tari Eason, was a sophomore. So they've been very very young, and those guys can't really help you necessarily on day one, or, or they can play, but they're not going to always play at a high level. Where they took Ty Ty Washington at twenty nine last year. 
And then you look, and uh, the Nemhard kid got taken 31 by Indiana, and he was terrific as a guy who had played, what, three or four years in college. So those are the types of guys that maybe they need to start looking at because they there's a little bit of urgency, I think, for them to start winning some games. Let me ask you this, Adam, and I feel like this has been a talking point too, but since we since we're on the subject, how young are they still? Like we know that they're super young in terms of age, but we've also talked about the importance of this experience that they've gotten and. You know, for whatever you thought about Steven Silas, you and I have discussed this. His approach was to allow them to sink or swim, to allow them to experience the NBA in its, you know, in its totality, uh, for lack of a better term. Like, how much should the experience that these guys have had already, albeit losing, like there hasn't been a lot of, like, winning experience. They haven't played in any meaningful games. We get that point, but... You know, can we still are we still talking about these younger guys in the same way now that Alper Shingoon, quite frankly, Alper Shingoon and Jalen Green do have two years of NBA experience now under their belt. Like they're young guys, but are they like like should we start at what point do we start looking at the young core the longer they play as vets? You know, Kevin Porter Jr., for example, we look at him as he, I know people think of him as a young guy. He's the oldest guy. He's the oldest guy. He's going to his fifth. Fourth in, or fifth year. in terms of NBA experience, we we mentioned we mentioned the rotation guys. Yeah, he is the only guy who's been in the league more than three years. I mean, you go you look at that roster, especially now that Gordon is gone and Boban's going to be gone in, in all likelihood. Green has played two years. Uh, Smith has played, but one a year. lot of minutes. But it's it's still one year. So yeah. again, they're still incredibly. I don't care how many minutes it is. It's one year of it's two years for Green of NBA experience. It's one year for Smith. It's one year for Eason. It's two years for Shingun. Um, Porter, it's it's four. I mean, that's that's the vet. Yeah. Uh, um, for Tate, it's three. So and for Martin, it's three. So that's still very uh, like you know what to expect now being in the league. Yeah. So you at least have that. But just in terms of knowing how to play, you're still a ways off. Like I, I don't care how many minutes you play your first or second year in the league, you're still a kid. You're you're still developing both physically. You're you're developing mentally, and it doesn't happen over just one or two years. It happens over several yeah, years. Yeah, for sure. And, and so that's why I think that there is some value in taking the the guy that went to college for three years and who played in high level basketball games for three years because those guys they're not they're, they're they're still rookies and they're still starting from scratch, but they're at least starting with the floor being a little bit higher. That's why um, Andrew Nemhard can come in to Indiana last year and play at a high level as the 31st pick in the draft. Like that's, that's valuable that he played three, four years at Gonzaga in, in high level games and playing in important games. And, you know, you can't, we've talked about this, but you can't replicate that. Yeah. You can't replicate NBA basketball anywhere else. You can't replicate, you know, playing in a sweet 16 game where there's all that pressure in whatever the overtime elite thing. So, yeah, I just, I go back though, Adam, to win. And, and here's yeah, Utah. Yeah, we got Utah going at uh, number 16 right now. Utah Jazz select Keontae George from Baylor University. Still no Cam Whitmore. Still no Cam Whitmore. Keontae George from Waco to Salt Lake City. He's got to be thrilled. That's got to be great for him. Utah's, um, Utah's nice. Just saying. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe it. You know, I, I liked Waco when I went. You know, but I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's thrilled about about going to Salt. He's in the NBA. He'll be. Okay. You know. You know what though? I say that there is a trend of people 
you know, millennials and even younger are people moving to, to cities like Salt Lake City, moving away from cities like New York City and going to places like Salt Lake City because it's cheaper and, like you said, it is nice. So I will give That's them, lovely. I will give them that much credit. But I, I don't know. To it, 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 like you mentioned, Cam Whitmore is still available now, and can, can I say the Lakers are on the clock at seventeen? There might be an injury thing with Cam Whitmore. You think so? I, 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 it's weird. Here, a little something about the knees. Okay. The knees might be a little bit of an issue. There, there might be a red flag. An he injury jumps flag. out of the damn gym, dude. He looks like he's fine. But it's <laughs> but it, but it could be something there. Yeah, you you find something just this is weird. That physical. This is weird. He is arguably it a is top a, five talent in this draft, and here we are at there, seventeen, there were, and he hasn't yeah, been picked. I, I saw some boards that had him third. Yeah, I and, did too. And we are now at uh, seventeen in the Lakers, and and he's still up there. So, um, it would make sense that there's an injury thing. Because this is a this is a, a drop that I don't think many people would have expected. So, uh, no, it, not it, at all. It, it I mean, I, I was talking in our preview yeah. about the Rockets should be you wanted him seriously considering him at four. That would have been ridiculous. Now, but it, you know, it might be one of those things where you you see the knees and maybe there's you you see something that it might be deteriorating a little bit and it might deteriorate. It's kind of like a Brandon Roy thing where Brandon Roy had medical red flags when he got drafted and he was still really good for while he was in the league. But he just he just couldn't stay in the league very long because of those knees. So maybe that if you know you're kind of you're you're hearing stuff from other people, and then you're kind of putting two and two together, and it kind of does make sense. When we come back, we'll talk about the Ma Udoka effect during the season. Whenever John Lucas would coach for Stephen Silas, he would talk about not using youth as an excuse, and I feel like Ma Udoka is going to be cut from a similar cloth what's the ma udoka effect on whatever the rockets got going on and look they're going to be on the clock soon at 20 if they don't trade up very interested to see what they do brandon scott adam spillane here with your nba draft show don't go anywhere